For a new episode of the It's Canon podcast, a show where we like to chat about anything and everything. And the best part of it all is that it's all in canon. We're your hosts. I'm Boris, and this week I am joined by Phil. I hope everybody enjoyed our soothing adult contemporary tones. <laughs> exactly. And a returning, hopefully healthy, Tyler. I've just become that really, this is being an old reference, but that bit with, with Montgomery Burns from The Simpsons where he has all the illnesses and they all balance out because <laughs> we got COVID again and I got sick and then I got better, but I'm now better than I was with long COVID before getting sick. So I don't know. Maybe I can. So that's a thing. This. Second that's time's a thing. charm. <laughs> wow. Exactly. Exactly. Jesus Christ. Sounds like it was hell, though, man. Are you 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 better? I'm glad you're better. I'm glad to see you back. I was, uh, you know, that made my day. Corporate America kicked my ass today, so there was nothing better than getting that message. I'm back. I'm alive. Awesome. I and I mean, like for for those in the audience, like lat, like I feel better than last time I was on the show. Like, yeah, I I lifted heavy objects today and didn't die. Which is someone who's the weight of the world, like, the pressures yeah. of everyday life. The <laughs> I mean, honestly, I wish it was all those things. It was just like I moved some, I moved some wood because I my mm. heating is by wood and it's gonna free, we're gonna get frost overnight. Man, <laughs> this weather is honestly crazy. Like, I feel sorry for anyone who has arthritis because, like, a lot of people with arthritis really feel it when it goes oh, yeah. from like you know from winter to spring. But I honestly feel like this year we've gone through this like three or four times where it's gone like from cold to hot, back to cold, back to hot, back to cold. Like it, this, this, this change of weather has been just excruciating for some people. Well, I mean, in 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 channeling our complete old person, like what's the what's the swing of temperatures there today for y'all? Um, I honest, it's like, I don't know, actually, I have, to be honest, I haven't even looked at how it is outside. I don't know, like, what is it right now? It's 18 degrees. Tonight, I think it's going to drop down to 10. Oh, okay. Because it was 22 at 2 p.m. today here. It is currently five and it's going to go below freezing overnight. That's exactly it right there, right? Like, it's, that's just crazy. That's just crazy. Phil, don't move out of East. I know, right? I mean, or do? Who's to say? Yeah, yeah. Whatever floats your boat. It's good sleeping weather. (laughs) You can now grow olives and figs here because of global warming. There you go. Jesus Christ. What a 
What a crazy thing. What a crazy world it's been. Uh, so, you know, on this week's episode, we're going to be ch- doing our usual chats, catching up, geeking out, nerding out, seeing what we're reading, we're, we're playing, uh, and uh, what we're watching. And then we're going to get into our topic du jour, which is going to be all about the writer's strike, which is going to be affecting, in my opinion, a lot more shows than it did last time because, well, the schedules are different. It's not just a... October to May schedule for television anymore. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the big issues and we're going to probably shit on Netflix a little bit. So it's par for course. So it's really no different than a lot of our episodes. Tyler, what's up? I was going to say Warner Brothers is the biggest target for me today with my notes for that. Oof. Warner Brothers, huh? Let me think. I- uh, so no more House of Dragon episodes. Sure. Uh, AEW might hate me. Uh, okay, cool. I'll... I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> no, no. This is a foreshadowing bit. But did you know that the entire Writers Guild of America ask, all of it, all of the pay increases for all 11,000 writers is less than the CEO of Warner Brothers took home last year? Did you know? Again, wow. I forget the number. I'm going to try, try to find this stat. Maybe you can help, Tyler, because you're very fast with this stuff. The more... The money that they've already lost, studios, that is, is more than what they're asking for in I, compensation. I, I didn't, I did not find that. And the only reason I would be a little bit skeptical is because Hollywood accounting, which we've talked about. Yes. Right? Because you got to remember, like, <laughs> that's not exactly what, that's Star exactly Wars what I was thinking. New so- Hope has still not broken yeah. even. Yeah. They will never pay those royalties. Yeah. Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. But I'm going to try to find it because, again, it was just one of those things that I saw in, in, in passing, right? Uh, oh. Jesus Christ, that sounded crazy. Oh. Um, yeah, no, it sounded like an explosion or something out there. Uh, maybe it is I, the end of the world. I we do don't have know a good anymore. explosion story since I last talked to y'all. <laughs> oh. All right, so let's just get into this. You know what, Tyler? Because it's been forever, we haven't even caught up what's going on in the life of Tyler. So I'm going to do a couple of non-nerdy things first, but yeah, my partner and I both got COVID again last week after just like, we were both just feeling cruddy for a while. We got COVID. Um, over the weekend, uh, our neighbor's house exploded. What? Like the cops what? have not released why, but where I live out on the East Coast, a lot of people's heating is via oil or propane, which means that a lot of these people have these great big tanks outside their house which are full of oil or propane and a house around the corner from me. Somehow the propane tank exploded at about two in the morning. And like, this is like two doors down. Yeah. This is right near my house. And like the house is a write off. The car is a write off their shed, which was about 20 feet from the house. The wooden structure of the shed is fine, but the vinyl siding has all melted and run off. Oh, man. It was it was terrifying to, like, wake up at three in the morning and be like, oh, that's a lot of sirens. What's happening? Yeah. But, yeah, uh, it was it was spooky. That is crazy. I got to find a better placement for these uh, for these chats. But cover my Randy. Face. 
<laughs> yeah, good. Oh, you can just move move the fuck over. Just move the fuck. There we go. There we go. Just stand like that. All episode. We're good. So Randy, hooray, it's cannon. Boo explosions. I uh I'm I'm on you hundred percent. And hey Randy, thank you for listening. Uh Randy is uh the uh, one of the powers that be over at SNME Radio, so Ah, there we go. It's like nice. our boss. So there you go. Yeah, no, dude, that's crazy. So is everything okay with your house? I mean, my house is fine. We got off of oil because my partner and I both have anxiety and we both were like, I don't love a giant oil tank in the basement, literally right. below our bed. So we had this joke of we're like, oh yeah, no, if anything goes wrong, we're dead instantly. Um, Our house is fine. Like literally every house around it is fine, but that house is a write-off. Like, it's just, yeah. it's terrifying. That house is right off. One of their cars is a write-off. Like, the car is still there because, like, it, like the car exploded, which is terrifying. Yeah. Um, but we're now, like, we've we've joined the neighbor, like, for small town madness, we've joined the neighborhood watch because they had four cats, and we're all, like, <laughs> on the watch for the four cats. <laughs> we're all going to do some baking and make sure they have some stuff in their hotel room. Oh, I'm, ha- crazy, I'm, ha- like, I'm genuinely happy to do and I love like the community coming together but it's very funny of just like well everyone's okay and the cats seem to have survived like they all booked it out of there so <laughs> these cats Dude, knew crazy. what was coming they're like we gotta get out of here guys oh god yeah all day yeah it's no more mousing tonight we're all going out for a walk but other than that <laughs> it's been a lot of audiobooks and a lot of video games which has been good <laughs> Nice. What are you playing? What's been on your uh, repertoire? So I've been tearing through the extra content and DLC for Breath of the Wild. Yes. Which... I feel like everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people that I know have been replaying Breath of the Wild this week. Alex, whenever you're listening, get me my game back um, <laughs> in preparation for this Friday's release of Tears of the Kingdom. Like, it's crazy how many people I know replaying this game. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's a phenomenal game. It's fantastic. Uh, the DLC for Horizon Forbidden West, which, again, oh. writing is the writing is great. The acting is sublime. It's sad seeing Lance Reddick now. Yeah. The, the, the fighting machines remains like that's what the game is for is it's fighting machines is just a fantastic fun puzzle. The exploration is better than the main game, but that wasn't hard. And then Jedi Survivor, which is. We almost need to do like a deep dive on the writing for that game because it's so uneven. Have either of you played it yet? <laughs> no, I, not yet. I am a good portion. Like, I, I wouldn't say I'm anywhere near half, but I'm over a third, I figure, of the way. So. Through. When the person who we are led to believe is the big bad arrives. I'm not there yet. Okay. Then you're not halfway. Yeah. He's like I'm... less than a third of the way into the game. Oh, maybe, maybe I've just been not paying attention because I've been really having fun with the puzzles. But anyhow, go on. The puzzles are fantastic in that. Yeah. Um, no, the, when the person who you're, he might not end up being the big bad, but you're led to believe he is arrives. That scene is the worst writing I have seen in my life. <laughs> like, it's the worst oh, writing in Star Wars. I know far. who you're talking about. Okay, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes when yes, he yes. arrives, he shows up. Yeah. And he immediately, like, m- minimal spoilers. 
Yeah. This is a person who does not like you you left them out of a back to tank. I feel comfortable because this was in the trailers. And he instantly is like, by the way, I'm a villain. And I'm like, he doesn't even try to lie to you. He's like, no, no, by the way, I am evil. And your character's like, hey, 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 you don't have to be. We can talk about this. And he's like, nope, I'm pretty evil. And it's like, oh my God, Star Wars. Well, Please, I want to like, love you. Let, let's, let's put it this way. I'm not actually, I, I thought we were talking about somebody else. So. That being said, I know I'm really close to that point, so it's not a surprise to me. Wait. Um, I am going to watch it for the bad uh, uh, acting, but... No, no, the, um, no, no. the I'm, acting I'm having, is fine. Oh, sorry, the, the bad writing. The writing is some of the worst I've yeah, ever the seen. the writing. Before. And the thing is, is like right now, I'm, I'm out, out of my element in this Star Wars game because this isn't really a spoiler. Mm-hmm. But it's really leaning on New Republic stuff. Old Republic. Like, or Old Republic. Sorry, the High Republic. That's what I mean. Yeah. High Republic. Yeah. And I've not really read any of the books, comics, or anything. And I know that it's been in its own little vacuum world in Star Wars Bubble Land. It's got its own Star Wars show. It goes at the cons in, at a different time. Yeah, you know, at Star Wars Celebration, stuff like that. It doesn't get a lot of camera f- time yet. And I understand the writers are very excited because I do follow a lot of them. And it's interesting because I'm grappling a little bit with it's it's fun, but it's also I don't know, there's just a weird feel about it, but I guess it's its own feel. And that's not a bad thing. It's just I'm not used to it yet. I think part of that's the writing. Because I, I, I have never seen a game with more uneven writing. Because you'll okay. get scenes and side quests that I would argue is some of the best writing I've ever seen in the game. And then you'll get someone like, anyways, here's why I'm a bad guy. Yeah. It's like, okay. I, I know that when I rescued that robot thing. Ah! Yeah. I was, I was doing that and I literally was looking at the way he was entangled in what he was yep. entangled in. And I'm like, well, you could just move his arm that way and he'll be out of that. <laughs> but apparently that held him there for all that time. So for I'm thousands like, of years. Yes. And he had his arm around a rope. <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, okay, it didn't take much to stump these droids. Apparently. <laughs> like I'm willing to let that go a little bit of just like limitations yeah. of the graphic engine, but you're coming up on a point where it's like, I don't Someone know. shows up and they're like, anyways, hello, fellow Jedi. Please wait a moment <laughs> while I bleed my kyber crystal in front of you. And it's like, okay, but why would you do that? Like, why would you why would you not lie to this person? Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff in this game, but hey, I'm happy to 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 say on the PS5, at least. Gorgeous. It is not broken, as far as I'm concerned. I'm having a good time with it. Agreed. Honestly, I don't know. Everyone's talking about how this game is broken, 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 but everyone that I've spoken to, chatted to, whatever, has said the game is fine. Yeah. Uh, Except for PC users. (laughs) Yeah, PC users are the ones that that are affected. I get their anger. But I will say you on know the what? console side, 
I I feel like it was close to as good of a launch as you can get. Sure, there's patches still rolling, but that's okay. Here's you know, the thing: for I get gigabytes. the anger coming from the PC users, 100%. but at the same time, after 30 years of listening to PC users playing the holier than thou game, I'm kind of a little happy. Yeah, it's it it it's the price of PC gaming. Wait, yeah, why would exactly you get mad at other PC users and not mad at a corporation for just being like, hey, just delay the release, oh. it's not ready? <laughs> like, that, oh, that's oh. Mad, don't get, right? don't... no, 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 this is the like the joking around, oh, yeah. Boris, right? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Of course, yeah. these companies need to smart the fuck up. Clearly, oh, yeah. clearly, you haven't listened to Phil and I just constantly every week basically Grinding. saying how broken the video game industry is. Oh, like, look, they could have released it on the consoles. And not yeah. on the PC until yeah, for sure. Like, Sorry, it's not ready. Sony yet. does that for years with Last of Us and other titles. <laughs> they just don't release it on PC. Wow. Spider Man, yeah, exactly. How about this cash grab? Huh? They're they're redoing Spider Man One for PS Five now, and if you already have it on the PS Four, you can upgrade to it for ten dollars now. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Oh man, we're gonna go so much into this later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, big time. Um, oh, there was something I wanted to talk about, but I completely forgot what it was because I just started thinking, haha, PC. Television, users. books. Yeah, it's something Comments? about video games. Something about video games. God. <laughs> I hate the two of you right now. <laughs> uh, like I said, today's going to be a weird Tyler. day for me. Uh, yeah, welcome back, Tyler. Anarchy, uh, anarchy reigns supreme on the Canada yes! <laughs> podcast <laughs> Anarchy. Yeah, <laughs> I honestly completely forgot what it was. Oh, I was reading this article earlier. It wasn't really an article. It was um, this video uh, from a very popular gaming website, and it was more of an editorial. So let's get let's get that sh- let's get that clear. It was more of an editorial, uh, and their whole thing was people need to stop trying to make Destiny clones. And I'm thinking, sure. yeah. Number one, that, like, let's be honest, that's that's not going to stop anytime soon. It's kind of like making, it's that's the equivalent of saying, hey, stop making Battle Royale games. Stop making yeah. Fortnite clones. I was going to say, this, this, this feels like a decade after, people need to stop trying to make WoW clones. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. People <laughs> need to stop making GTA clones. <laughs> like, yeah, games are popular. People. Yeah, they made the perfect one. Simpsons hit and run. <laughs> <laughs> Fact. Fact. Um, have any of you guys so yeah. So I haven't picked up Jedi Survivor yet. I'm just that busy. Last week was like the week from hell for me. Uh this weekend is looking a lot better, so I have a lot of video gaming to do. Um but another game that I'm actually gonna be picking up from a buddy, because they gave up with it already, and that's Redfall. Oh, I haven't. Wow. It. I haven't touched it yet. Boris, did you like? I think this is a ring situation. I think you're fucked. Why? Well, because Redfall is apparently more, like it's. I, I Redfall's not a very good game, is what I've heard. Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm not. No, no, but I'm, I'm not. saying like this is the ring. He got you to watch it. Now you oh. need to get <laughs> someone else to watch it, or you will die. <laughs> Redfall is a curse. It took me a second. It took me a second. Hey Phil, what are you doing with your uh with your extra time? 
<laughs> Don't Andrew try Kapolka, I... what are you doing with your with your extra time? Uh, yeah, so I I'm hearing really bad I'm things. Scared to fire it up because right, of the ring. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. So no, funny. Uh, there, I wish apparently Kotaku is getting pushback now because they ran an article exposing the sources of where you could get the new Zelda game for this for the uh, emulators. People are bitching yeah. about Kotaku. Say it ain't so. Right. Yeah. So they're that's, taking that's... a lot of heat for basically publishing an article uh, telling people about what they found, which is kind of the point, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. If you don't like it, people... don't read the article. Like, <laughs> yeah. Look, there's an entire subreddit called R Kotaku in Action that's just bitching about Kotaku's too woke. Kotaku's too early. It's like, like yeah. I have a whole thing on this. And I don't, I don't, like, Kotaku, I think, is subpar, but it's yeah. amongst, like, you're competing with IGN. Like, <laughs> where it's like, you know, Redfall got a 9 out of 10 because they bought the ads. Like, it's. We don't have good like if if you actually they were someone previewed who, it like a month early and we're like oh this game's hot guys we're telling you <laughs> right and it's just like, mention it's hot garbage <laughs> yeah like for anyone who bitched about ethics and game journalism and then was like Kotaku sucks it's like you're just a hypocrite you're just lying to yeah. yourself because this is a company <laughs> that even if you disagree with them has been like. Yeah, we just don't get a bunch of previews anymore because we reviewed games honestly. Like, hey man, the only the only way I know a critic is good if he doesn't get codes for certain certain vendors, right? Like, yeah, it's actually like drawing me into their content. Okay, so you're not going to give me buttered up bullcrap? Thank you. Right, like, I, I, yeah, and that's why, like, I'm leaning more and more and more towards never using free previews and stuff, and us just doing what we do best, right? Anyways, um, anything else that you're playing, Tyler? Question mark, you can answer. Stupid game called The Roots of Patra. I backed it on Kickstarter. It's Harvest Moon meets Caveman Times. It's dumb, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds hilarious. I'm sitting here it. like, what if I add tomatoes and sesame seeds? Does that make food? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, genuinely, it's like, if you like Harvest Moon, it's just Harvest Moon and Caveman Times. It's cute. It's calming. It's the Harvest Moon clone, right? Like, it's it's you know, better than any of the recent Harvest Moon games. It's a little bit more in-depth and complicated than Stardew Valley. Kind of. That's what yeah. you're looking for. Like, you know what you go. know what it is. You know what the game is from all that. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's a perfect you know, description of it. I saw I saw a person pitch a game last week being made yeah. fourth. And I can't believe yeah. that they haven't done this. I actually just sat there staring at this tweet, going, I'd play that. And what happens if you make an Animal Crossing clone with Grogu, and have different Jedi appearing on your, you know, your Animal Crossing island that you go and commune with and whatnot. And I'm just like, that is so EA Lucasfilm. Somebody who's got their hands on rights, like that is just 
Go print money, please. I got some goddamn news for you, Phil. Oh, no. There's gardening in Jedi Survivor later on. Yes, I love a good garden. You gotta unlock the oh. gardening minigame, and then you get the gardener. This is oh. real content. There's a fishing oh. minigame. There's a auto battler mini game. There's a bunch of mini games to unlock. So you're like, I'm like halfway, and I'm like, you haven't met the guy yet. You're maybe a quarter. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I I think I'm I'm closer to a third. Like, oh I, no, I, no. If you haven't if you haven't met Dagon yet, nope. Okay. Um. Yeah. You I'm close. I am by the Brad Brad's thumbnails on his YouTube channel. I am one part away from. Have you unlocked Bounty Hunter missions yet? I think I just did last night. Okay, because that's like, that's like all of a sudden, like, wait, they've Shadow of Mordor in here? What's happening? Well, I'm, I'm, yeah, well, last night I, I made a lot of progress, but I don't know where I'm at with everything other than the Rad Brad's Guide. So I watch him make mistakes and I make mistakes. <laughs> call it. <laughs> took, took me a while to get through that puzzle room. Have you gotten the cross guard yet? No, I know. Oh, the cross guard's so fun. Oh. Uh, I'm enjoying just having the fighting stances and, you know, the the, the selection of, of customization that we do get in the game is very good off the bat. So, yes. full credit to them for that because it's just kind of fun. But, you know, uh, it's I, I, I do enjoy the little interaction interplay with BD1. A lot of comforting stuff carrying over from fallen order um and yeah, and the book and the book i still haven't finished the book but i've reattempted it it's better yeah than i remember so what are you up to boris i've been so busy this past week it's been absolutely crazy haven't i've kept up with a lot of tv shows that's basically what i do on my spare time so ted lasso i'm all caught up with yep um started watching that amazon prime show citadel it's stupid but it's fun it's good enough to watch uh it's basically it's spies stuff you know what more can you say um it's a little campy like true lies but I like it. It's fun for what it is. And uh, I'll probably keep watching that. What else have I been watching? Obviously, keeping up to date with all my reality TV because uh, that's what keeps me going. Uh, in terms of video games, honestly, like I'm literally, when you guys were talking about something, I was uh, looking at, hey, I got to start playing Resident Evil 4 Remake. It's literally right here, right beside me. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I haven't started that yet. So hopefully, hopefully like I said, this weekend... My plan is to essentially, outside of the radio show, take the weekend off and just catch up on my video games, play some Jedi Survivor, maybe, maybe, maybe at the same time, just because, just to spice up my life, play some Tears of the Kingdom, I'll see what happens. Uh, I might just wait for that when I'm done Resident Evil, we'll see. We'll I, see what I, happens when I'm done Resident Evil and Survivor, right? Like, I, I got a lot of stuff to get through. I pre-ordered my Zelda, but I was so late on the pre-order, it's not getting delivered until next week. Gross. So like, okay yeah, you're that. the second round. The second round of... Uh, I'm okay with that. Of... I'm just like, oh. hey, I don't need to be there day one. Thank you. I got Survivor. But there's a new show on Apple TV+. Plus, Silo. By, based on the Wool series. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
which yep. I've heard fantastic things about. I watched the first episode. I've yet to watch. Usually they drop the first three. I was surprised at the caliber of acting in it and the actors involved. Yeah. Nice. Again, so nice. They do a great job on Apple TV. I got Apple say. TV has quality, right? Sometimes. Netflix, you'll find for the most part, for the most part, Apple is quality. The there's a there's a bar at least eternally at Apple for what they think they should release. Whereas in Netflix, it's like this release as much as we can, and people will eventually watch it. People will find it. I like yeah. they, the, the strategy between the two companies are very different. I think counter example. Oh, Schmigadoon. Oh, I like Schmigadoon. I like it too. It's not good. No, it's campy and stu- silly, but it's meant to be campy and silly. So it's done well, right? It, I but, would, but go, I would go to Netflix that. and watch like some of their campy stuff that doesn't even know it's campy. Like I, I swear to God, the the create like not the creatives per se, but some of the production teams live in the washroom. Like that that their bar, their status is terrible at Netflix for what well, gets but, on there. But I mean, the difference is is as Apple TV doesn't need to create content to the same degree that Netflix yes. does, right? Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's, that's probably why in my mind, I have it in my mind. You know, they take quality over quantity because. You well, you know, that's their mandate. Just the that, sheer number of releases, and, and and I stopped halfway just because like Tyler must be. I, I don't know. I was about to call you Kyle. I haven't even talked to Kyle in like years, and there I am still calling you Kyle from time to time. Anyways, I know you're looking at a screen that has a lot of weight because you just want. I'm full trying. I'm on trying. Me. I love it. That's what. That's why I stopped halfway through. Um, but yeah. So try just, just you know doing my thing. Uh, and one thing that I'm really sad about is even though I haven't really um, kept up to date in terms of collecting a lot of comic books, like I'm reading maybe one or two maximum right now, both image um, in that I, for the first year in fuck, I don't even know how long I didn't participate at all uh, during new comic or free comic book day. Whoa. I don't even have a comic book store in town anymore. No, I, I, I literally lit like the closest comic book store for me is about an, is is Toronto. Wait, where are you again? In Newmarket. We had one here owned by a guy who I went to high school with, Steve Gilbert. And here's what happened in town. OK, he had a comic <laughs> store called Fourth Dimension Comic. And he had to get out of there. I know Tyler's looking it up right now to prove you wrong. No, no, I was just curious. No, there is no comic book store (laughs) unless it's brand new. Like, (laughs) like, I I Googled it even. I was just like, there's got to be a place to get books. (laughs) And I couldn't find anything except like Richmond Hill type place. So nothing even in Aurora or anything? No, nothing in Aurora. There never really has been an Aurora. Yeah, I'm sure. People come here. But what, what's happening on our main street in town is that it's gentrifying, right? It's getting a lot of bars. It's getting a lot of young people. It's getting a lot of excitement as far as that end of the community. You know, the the the, the yuppies are moving in to our Look, town. you have a coffee shop owned by Pete McKinnon. Need we yeah, say more? Yeah, Pete McKinnon just opened a coffee shop the other week that is part coffee shop, 
part tattoo parlor and part reseller of his YouTube merch. Well, yeah, and like what else? YouTube How studio else upstairs. Get rid of it? Yeah, and he's got his YouTube studio upstairs. Like that's I pretty mean, awesome, but it's just it's just this weird space for town because it's like a whole bunch of geriatrics. And it's right in the middle of downtown of their quote unquote downtown, right? Yeah, it's where the made in Mexico it's used to be. Me- yeah. I'm just like so what? I mean, I love a spicy take right now. Having run a comic book store, I mean, I think part of the problem with that is comic book stores, broadly speaking, have not kept up with the times, right? Yeah. yeah. Of like the number of comic book stores that were in a great position to be like, I mean, think about the number that could become board game cafes. And you still could do comics and make money off of that. Yeah, and you'd have your tea and coffee, even like even just like a like an old timey cafe of like we don't do booze. Like yeah. do like chocolate bars, bags of chips, coffee and tea and pop. You don't need a food license. That's anything fancy for Silver those. Snail does this. Silver Snail does this. A few places do it. You but you'd be able to do your Magic the Gathering, all of a sudden you could host your events because you're doing your in-store play anyways and you'd increase your finances on it. And you Don't you remember comics. my comic book store downtown, the Million Dollar Comics, who had the tables set up for their weekly games, their yep. nightly games. I shouldn't say weekly games, right? Like, that's what you have to do. You have to expand past just comics. I think the idea of a sole comic book store is, is, is an idea that's not going to get you the revenue look at gotham they have the second half that sells candy and sweets from the states well and i, I would think say, that it's i don't I will, I was gonna, okay go for it go for it go for it no i will say in steve's defense just in case steve or somebody yeah. who knows steve is listening steve did have regular events in his store yeah. for gaming he curtailed his his comic book selection to the, the clientele like what was in demand was what he bought yeah. in. Um, he managed that store smarter than Bob and Clayton did before him. Yeah, you've you've mentioned, he, yeah. Yeah, he For was sure. very business savvy. He was really good at it. The fact is, is that when he went, because this got reported in the town newspaper, when he went to renew his lease, his lease had quadrupled. Oh, yeah. This like, is me. Yeah, and he's just like, I can't go into debt to yeah. open the store. No, that's a, that's a whole different open. story. Yeah, yeah I'm, that's I'm the downtown fucking, story here. Well, I, that's downtown everywhere. I mean, yes. we have a we have the next town over has a mall that it's like I walk through that mall and I'm like, I could open a board game cafe in here. Yeah. And then I look at like and then I remember what they're asking for for unit rent. And I'd be paying the same as I would have in Guelph. And I'm like, this is a town of six thousand people. Yeah, it's crazy. That's ridiculous. To, well, it's yeah. I mean, now we're getting into weird tax law and stuff. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not on any specific. No, okay, great. You know, like I, I, but there is a way to run a store, and you definitely are the authority on that. Like, no, I, no, yeah, I, and it's a thing of the industry as a whole, right? Because we all know that, like, it, you can be a store, like you can be a, a just just comics if you're in Toronto or New York, if you have a good enough bit, but yeah. like. Like chapters doesn't sell just books, exactly. And nope. the big comic book stores, I don't need like candles that smell funny. But other people do. You know, 
I yeah. know. Yeah. There are big comic book stores in Toronto, in New York, who I would say they're more of a tourist trap than anything else. Yeah. yeah. Which is great for them. They but pay rent, right? But that's but, the business model. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. That That's yeah. exactly it. For a while there, Silver Snail was exactly that, right? Like, yeah. Yep. When they were on Young, they were like, they had yep. to because of that. Though. Yeah. But now that they're back on Queen, and uh, you know, it's um, even, a whole different even I haven't Queen even Street, been to their new location. Like, I'll I'll say it. Like uh, I've been in the Queen Street store, the new a lot. one. Yeah, or the, the old, old one. one I've been in. Yeah, a lot. Everyone, yeah. And, yeah. And the thing is, is that their prices weren't the you know anywhere near the no. best. But they had well, the selection. If you knew you wanted something, you were going to find it there. Like there was no doubt about it. You're going to pay ten to twenty percent more in most cases, unless it's a competitive marketplace like the, uh, a marked up comic. But I mean, for collectibles and DVDs, yeah. I found them a bit pricey, but I knew it was there. Whereas I, you know, it was hit or miss anywhere else that sold DVDs. Luck of the draw, consistently yeah. stocked there. So. If you go in and buy Ghost in the Shell special edition, whatever, they reorder it and they get it back. What really sucked was when HMV started getting anime and stuff like that because they priced out a lot of comic book stores that did stuff yes. like that. And then HMV oh. priced themselves out, right? Like Future Shop did that too. Yeah. They they got anime and pfft. Good luck. Like it, it obliterated my trips to Silver Snail. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. So, yeah. So, short story long. First year I haven't participated in you in free comic book day, but from all accounts, looked like everyone that I know had a blast. Congrats to everyone. I know that uh, Fearless Fred and Adam were at Gotham and looks like they had a very good time. I have other friends who just visited the comic book stores. Uh, I know that there's a store near out east around your hood uh tyler because i know someone who some people who live around there and uh they had some fun on saturday morning doing that so it kind of sucks it kind of sucks that i wasn't able to partake but uh you know get busy sometimes and that was that uh phil how's everything in the world of phil oh i've talked enough you guys all know i played jedi fallen survivor watch silo watch ted lasso I'm a happy guy, you know, world's coming up roses. Looking forward to Ted Lasso tomorrow night. And I can't believe it's almost over. I know. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. What? I got to say. What's wrong, Tyler? I was going to say, thank God it's almost over. It's not for everybody. I know. I loved season one and two. I think this is by far the worst season. Really, I I well, I found last week's episode was slow. wasn't my favorite, but I liked where it went. The two weeks before that were absolutely like showstopper you know, for me. There's, I will, and it, I will, it's interesting. There's something about this season, Phil. You and I have talked about this that you and I can relate to a lot of things in the season when yeah. we were part of the soccer community, right? And I think that it, like for us, because we relate to some of the things that that are happening, it speaks to us and then you you add all the campy weirdness about the person their personal lives right um i can 100 percent see because i know that tyler's sentiment is shared by a lot of people that i know yeah, yeah i have seen that i I, yeah. I will reserve final judgment to the end of the season and i think we should do a retrospective and go dive yeah. deep into it right because that's the plan 
I would argue, I would argue, if Ted Lasso is only hitting you two, it's a, as as a, as a product, it's failed. Oh well, no, yeah. I, I have I have friends who are absolutely head over heels for the third season. Oh, excellent! Like, yeah, I, I have friends I, who loathe yeah. it. Here's the thing, though. I feel like Ted Lasso was put in a weird position because of the MLS deal. Yes, and I have and a I feeling think, that they're. I think it's a weird position in the sense that they wanted to do character progression, and they started off with a comedy, right? They started off with a bit that was an NBC bit. And yeah, I could see that. The first season was a lot of humor about American guy in Britain. The second season, to me, is where you started shaking some people off the bandwagon potentially, because if you're not predisposed to counseling or seeking help that season might not resonate as hard right like there there are certain life experiences that people have that make the the show endear to them as well as uh, Jamie's father and stuff like that there were all kinds of episodes that can resound this season's on a little bit of a outlier but i think that we draw comfort in the football but i also get a lot of enjoyment out of the the characters right now even though they are acting weird like and so do my friends but what i'm curious tyler did you watch shrinking no i i i ash and i tried it and made it less Didn't. than 10 minutes wow okay okay it was in and, and, and that's not that's not me saying it's it's a bad show because i will say like there are shows out there that i can be like this is a good show but it's not for me yeah versus arguing something's a bad show like those are two very different takes yes. And I am not arguing Shrinking's a bad show. I also want to... I don't want to go too deep into Ted Loss right now, because I feel like that yeah. episode will become an essay that the episode's about. Yeah. I also want to foreload. It's still better television than a lot of what we're getting. <laughs> Fair. Like, it, it's that 100%. thing of, of, we watched, we binged and finished Poker Face. And I was like, this is a bad episode of Poker Face to one of the episodes. And Ash was like, I thought it was good. And I'm like, no, no, it's bad for Poker Face, which mm. is a phenomenal show. Yeah. But they, it's, it's sometimes you get on weird curves, right? Like, I feel like Ted yeah. Lasso season three is way, I feel like it's a lot worse than one and two. I agree. But I do agree with that. I do that agree. That doesn't mean like, I'm not like, it's still better than Mando got in season three. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Again, what is wrong with me today? It's like, we I have a point for getting the point. We will get to the writers. Right after two things I quickly want to talk about. Number one, Babylon 5 animated movie. We're kind of looking forward to that. Uh, number two, uh, did you guys watch the new Dune trailer? Yes. yes. Yeah. I loved it. Thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> See? Yeah. I might be one of the few people who I'm not wholeheartedly in love with Dune. And I thought, I don't know what it is with Dune. I have this weird, like, I even feel the same about the books. I like them, but I don't like them at all at the same time, if that makes any sense. I, I get having a weird relationship with it. I've had a weird relationship with it my whole life. Even the TV sci-fi miniseries, uh, the books. That that David Lynch film in the eighties left scars uh, on David me. David Lynch, like that that <laughs> sits weird with me even to this day. But this is probably one of the more faithful tellings. But it's definitely 
Denis Villeneuve's vision and it works for me, but I also like Blade Runner 2049 for the same reasons, the grandiose shots, the sounds that are made, um, some of the castings, uh, everything like that. The, this, uh, I went to see that in IMAX and it left a very good impression on me seeing it like that. And this just feels that it fills that epicness void that he does for me in these big sci-fi things, but that's a me thing. That's a, you know, I know that it plays to, I'm being sympathetic to it. I'm not being super critical on it. I'm just enjoying it for what it is. I feel like Tyler is judging me. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I No, no, not in the slightest. I, I think that's a very fair take on it. And to be like epics, to, 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 to widen the scope, like epics in general are good. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm with you. I feel like it's been a while since we've had like a good epic. Um, my, my, my take would be, I think that personally that the Dune story is very a product of its time and place mm -hmm. and parts of it have not, have not aged well and have ref, like, have not. And, 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 and you can't like, you cannot. How do I want to put this? You can't fundamentally change it to update it for the times and still have it yeah, the same so, gravity. Yeah, so I had the same issue with Foundation. Right. It was fine, but it's very much of like the core philosophy of Foundation was proven wrong by time. And that happens sometimes. Yeah. But then if you're going to adapt it after like we have evolved and we've changed our understanding of history and hagiography, do you do an honest like again, when I say honest, I mean like very faithful adaptation, or do you try to evolve it? And I feel like Foundation, like it's so mm -hmm. hard to do with Foundation, especially if it's an easier example than Dune, versus you know um, the the adaptation of Lord of the Rings was like he changed right. it a ton, but he changed it to be honest to the themes, but adapt to a different time. Right. We'll still hit the same themes. And I feel like Foundation, again, I'm using that versus Dune because it's an easier one to handle. Foundation is very like of its time and place. And a lot of our understanding has changed. I feel like that's similar for Dune and how like Villanueva has been a bit too yeah. um, slavish to the, to the original source material. And I think it hurts it sometimes. And I just, I just don't love it as a result. Yeah, and same with his indulgences, right? Because those are very much <laughs> uh, done to excess. And if you're oh, not oh, yeah. into that, you know what I mean? Like, I, I can totally see somebody re rebuking it just because they don't like the villainiveness of it. You no, know what 100%. I mean? Like, like I can like, see that. It's, it's like going to see a, a Quentin Tarantino movie and going, I'm not really into Quentin Tarantino movies, right? I mean, like, I was going to make the joke of, yeah, I'm I was gonna, gonna make gonna... not enough feet. Yeah, that's what I, I was gonna do. I was gonna be like, <laughs> like being like, why does Quentin Tarantino keep showing me feet? And it's like, it's just the Tarantino thing. It's just what you got. It's just the price of admission. <laughs> I explained to a friend of mine about that. That, and then they're like, oh, ew. <laughs> I'm just like, yep. yeah, well, it's a thing. Why well, Kevin Smith? Let does us what Kevin Smith does move over. 
to our topic de jour, which is the WGA strike, the Writers Guild of America strike. Uh, so just some background here. Back in 1953, the WGA agreed to a deal with studios for the re-airing of TV shows based on the idea that if a program were to be rerun, there was going to be less demand to employ TV writers. Every time a show was rerun, the writers would receive a fee commonly known today as a residual. These fees became vital to writers, um, helped them make ends meet. Years and years and years move on, and here we are with the streaming revolution. It's upended and changed the old system of compensation. We've talked about this many times on this show as it pertains to not just writing, but every aspect of the arts, every aspect of production, everything. Streaming has changed everything, and unfortunately, from governments and laws to studios no one is getting their shit together to actually uh, get ahead of these times so the syndication market for tv is essentially gone residuals for movies have also weaned so much so uh, that it's not really helping them so here we and go i have an example the... on point go ahead uh, exact point I, I pull up from a <sighs> from a writer this was reported by adam conover on cnn you used to get like writers used to be able to get like a 12k check for residuals so it's twelve thousand dollars yep and and part of that is if you're a writer for a show you usually can't do a lot of shows like it's not like they're doing one show in the spring and another show in the summer usually you only have one show and then your summer is like Hopefully I can work on like helping punch up a movie and you still get like 12 K. So like that would get you through the summer and into the fall before production started again. You're now looking at residuals from shows from Netflix are like $400. Okay. So, so like that's the scale we're talking about to that point. A writer from Jane the Virgin posted on Inst on Twitter on social media the residual for an episode of Jane the Virgin, yeah. and it was cents, literal cents. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, there was a hundred day strike which affected shows and decimated heroes, for lack <laughs> like let's just say <laughs> that's one of the know, shows decimated that got drastically changed 100 percent. yep you know it it, it it hurt heroes big time other shows were affected but i think heroes is the one that people always attribute to that 100 day strike back in 2007 2008 so yes the writers guild of america did secure jurisdiction over the internet and they've established formulas for how writers would be paid when their work migrated online um but writers are saying that these residuals are still streaming uh, based on what they would have earned if their shows er, uh, aired on a network first. So TV or movies on a network might get re-aired through syndication to other networks, onto cable TV, home video, or foreign markets. The residuals would be based on these receipts, and writers would have the benefit of public viewing data. Keyword, public viewing data. When a TV or film project is sold to a streaming company, it will likely remain on that service. So there's one fixed fee for which residuals are calculated. And because streaming services are so, so secretive, we don't actually have proper metrics 
when it comes to streaming services. For example, on TV, we have uh, the Nielsen ratings, right? There's a yep. very accurate and formulaic way of knowing how many people are watching your work. I was going to say, they are also trash, but they are better than Netflix. They're be- 100. There's something better there at least. Nothing. Right yeah. now, you ask Apple, you ask Netflix, how much does Ted Lasso get on a week? Unless they're touting some crazy metric for marketing reasons, we're not going to know, right? Uh, so this is what the issue comes down to, right? Um, you know, streaming has shortened TV seasons. With shorter TV seasons, we've gone from 22 or 24 episodes on normal TV to 10, 8 on streaming services uh so that is a huge huge hit so writers have to work more in order to make the same amounts today's series are much shorter spanning eight to ten episodes but writers can spend extended amounts of time working on that show uh reducing their pay per episode so as us the consumer are demanding better scripts Scripts that are all in canon, scripts that make sense, the MCU, shit like that. It takes them more time to pump out that one script for less episodes. Which is also worth noting on that exact point. Um, the, I think it's AMTPP? The group that, or, that is, at the, the, the group that is negotiating on behalf of the corporations. Yeah. has specifically one of their points is they want to hire fewer writers. They don't want to do writer's rooms anymore. And they yeah. want to maximize the capacity to which writing is turned more into like a, a gig economy. So they want to yeah. get yeah. rid of writer's rooms. And yeah. before we get into the, like the issues for writers for an audience, did you like when breaking bad did foreshadowing? or when Mando did foreshadowing, that shit only works because of a writer's room. What the corporations are pushing for is, let's say Phil Boris and I were all writers, where once upon a time, we would all get paid to get into a room, and we'd be like, you know, John Favreau would be the showrunner, and he'd be like, this season we're going to do X and Y and Z, and here's where Mando's going to end up. And we'd all be like, okay, what if he did this one episode? What if he did this? And we'd all brainstorm. We'd come up with like a structure. And then it would be like, all right, well, Boris, you're really good at Westerns. So you're going to do this Western episode with, with we're going to have a guest star, a Timothy Oliphant type. It'll be great. You'll go write that. And then Phil will go write this other episode. So we'd all get our dailies and our, 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 wage for being in the writer's room and then we also get being lead writer on an episode and generally like everyone in the writer's room would know like oh other people are going to come in and for boris's episode with the the cool sheriff in mandalorian people are going to come in and like oh we're going to tweak the jokes a little bit we're going to punch it up a little bit we're going to make it the best work but Boris will still get lead writing credit. And part of that is because that helps determine who gets what residuals, who gets what for this and that. They want to make it so that writer's room is either smaller or doesn't exist. Which in turn means that like they want it to be like John Favreau's in a room by himself. And he goes like, well, I need eight episodes. I don't know. Boris, write an episode. Here's where Matt needs to be at the start. Here's where he needs to be at the end. 
And that makes it that much harder for Boris to be like, well, what are the other episodes? What am I like building off of? How do I build a larger thing? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter. Yep. Like, it's just that that is the result. So yep. it might work for The Simpsons, but if you want to show like Breaking Bad, Mandalorian, it doesn't like it will make the shows worse. Since and, 2017, the yeah. union has been able to introduce limits to how long writers can work on an episode and the studio pays more if they want to work beyond that. Currently, episodic fee is limited to 2.4 weeks of work. Uh, not all work is covered by this protection and it also has earn earnings cap. Writers are looking to extend those protections and have them apply to more members. So here's the other thing. Before, television producers would order a show by first commissioning a pilot. And if it was successful, producers would then assemble a writer's room to write 22 to 24 episodes over 10 months. Writers would get at least minimum weekly fee plus a compensation for writing an episode of the series. All that would go toward qualifying for their health and pension plans. Today... Streaming companies, they don't technically have a pilot anymore. Nope. Uh, they order a show without the filming of a pilot. They typically have a small group of writers to hurry up and write this season out before the production even starts. This has led to circumstances where writers feel they're underpaid as they are tasked with creating an entire season of television over a short period of time. It is worth noting on that exact point that if we look back to, I think it's to 2018, I'm just looking at my notes, but over the last five years, writer's salaries have decreased by an average of 4%. That's pre-inflation. Yep. That's not like, oh, their salary was flat. Their salaries have gone down compared to inflation. And there have been some heartbreaking stories that have done the round because of that. I, I, I assume y'all have seen the Alex O'Keefe one. But we're going to reiterate yeah. here. He's one of the writers for Bear, which is a fantastic show. Phenomenal. Fantastic show. Alex O'Keefe has talked about he lived in Brooklyn. It was one of the best shows on television. It was making insane money for the studio. And he could not afford heating in his apartment. And oh, when yes. the Bear won an award... The tie he bought was on a credit card because he didn't have any, he had negative money in his bank account. Yep. And that is among, ludicrous. oh, 100% ludicrous. I'm almost done my, uh, yeah. my, my, my research. Among options being considered by the studios, and this is why they're fighting, they want to increase minimum payments for these rooms and having minimum staff size related to the number of episodes ordered. Uh, sorry, Wait, that's the what the writers want. The WGA one does. The WGA wants. WGA yeah. wants. Sorry. Now, with the rising inflation and shifts in how writers are compensated, writers are also pushing for higher minimum pay rates across range of services. Writers have argued that fewer of them are working and those that are are making a lot less money. The union has previously said more writers than ever are working at or near minimum rates and that those rates haven't kept pace with rising costs. Inflation has hit 9.1% and writers are actually making a lot less than that. Typically, the, w the WGA bargains for a 3% increase in these quote-unquote minimums. Some board members have been calling for a doubling of minimums across the board, which could be a non-starter for the studios. So one of the major things happening here overall that we're seeing is writers for, you know, for to, to, so that they can work 
they're taking less and accepting less and less and less. It's in a way, and I'm not blaming them. I'm just putting out everything out there. Yep. In a way, they've kind of created this problem because the studios say, okay, we'll give you this, blah, 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 blah. Right. And it's less than the minimum. It's it's less than what they should be taking, but they'll accept it because well they gotta work. They gotta make they, ends meet, right? But they can't actually. So they cannot they accept those actually. contracts and be part of the WGA. Like you cannot yes. work under contract with something else. There's a lot of complicated stuff going on here. And and yeah. It's a really awesome start. I do wanna break some more numbers into it. Please, because I've done my summary. So, so a couple people who are very smarter than me have done the numbers. Um, I'm going to quote Adam Conover a little bit because he has been, it's Adam Conover. He's former college humor, had his own show on. What was the first show on? I think he had a show on TBS and then had a show on Netflix with Barack Obama as an EP, which is insane. But that's separate. Adam Conover has been one of the spokespeople for the strike because he's a comedian. He's really good at speaking in front of a camera and he's really good at standing up to reporters. It's fantastic. Yeah. He points out that if you look at the writer's industry, you have this selection at one end who is, let's call it, let's call it spade a spade. It's your Neil Gaiman, who he's in WGA. You have your Patton Oswalt, also WGA. But you have these writers at the top who Mm. even they would admit they make, they're fine, right? Neil Gaiman does not need this for himself. It's for everyone else. And it's for setting the terms. And because he doesn't want them coming from him in five to 10 years. But if you, if you take out this top 10% ish, if you get rid of Patton Oswald and Neil Gaiman, who like when they hire one of them to write, you're going to both get a really good episode, but also you can advertise like Patton Oswald is guest starring or guest writing. And that, that in itself has its own value. If you get rid of them, the average salary for a Hollywood writer right now for a television show is $20,000 a year. Wow. And that's in California. Wow. You also need to think about that. If you are a television writer, you need to pay your agent and your manager out of that. So you're losing percentage points off of your 20K. And anyone who's like, well, don't get an agent or a manager, then you don't get the you can't. You get the, you, you don't you, get the I think people have to re- recognize that. You can't just walk up to a studio and yeah. say, I want to work. There's, There are ways to do this, and the ways that you do this is working through agents and managers. It's like you don't – you know, the rules say you don't sell a house without a real estate agent, right? It's kind of like it's to the extreme of that, right? You cannot even begin to get your work. Without these people in place. There's 100%. one last part that I want to talk about, yeah. but you can uh, finish. I was going to say, and we can criticize that part of the model. Oh. oh, yeah. But, like, we can't change that through this negotiation. And it's worth noting, like, as you said, like, part of what writers and agents are doing, not writers, agents and managers are doing here is they're both getting you into the room, but also, like, increasingly, they are doing things like... If you're a newer writer who has a pilot and has made like, let's say you have like a movie or two did well in the festival circuit, but didn't make good money. But it was like a critical darling that lost a ton of money. They're going to help you market yourself better and they're going to help you like polish stuff and put you in touch with people like they are bringing value, whether or not they're bringing value that is that matches the money. Different question different like different thing 
but they're bringing value right now. And this negotiation, like it has to take place, assuming they're going to continue to exist. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the big one. And the WGA is putting this forward. The AMPTP. They're not even looking or thinking about this, or at least they're not playing their cards that they are similar to streaming. And I think the WGA kind of had that wake up moment after the last contract settlement and they're looking into the future they're looking into technology and we're talking about ai there's concerns about ai taking over writing um, and alleged to have been glossed over by the studios the wga wanted to regulate the use of ai and wanted assurance that it could not be used to write or rewrite literary material nor could it be used as a source material the AMPTP rejected the guild's proposals, countering by offering annual meetings to discuss the advancements in technology. Which we should point out. <laughs> we should point out. Annual meetings are a nothing. That's a nothing offer. That's no, bullshit. Especially on like, technology that moves by the hour. That too. But like, <laughs> hey, Phil. Um, you know, let's say you're up for your bonus for the year. And your boss says, instead of matching inflation, we'll have a meeting every three months and we'll see how you're doing. You That's know that means you're not getting a raise. Hey, hey Tyler, yeah. Tyler, Tyler, crazy concept about the corporate world. That's what we call self-assessments and uh, what do you call them? Uh, uh, yearly. Yeah. Sorry? <laughs> PAS. Yeah. I, the, and the only reason assessment. I bring it up is because I've yeah. seen several people online defend it. Like, they said they're going to do annual meetings and like, Taking a meeting is a nothing. It's in, it's a nothing burger. Mm-hmm. No, I know we do that all the time at Red Patch Boys. We had an annual general meeting that was performative, right? But, and that's like, what I'm getting at, right? You give the, like, you give information, but you're not really there to do much decisions. other than yeah, you're not making decisions. You're just hearing people out to influence future de- decisions, maybe like at but, best. But, but this isn't even that, right? Because yeah. if you are if you are filed as an NGO, your AGM has certain legal requirements, and this wouldn't even have that. This could just be like, oh yeah, we're on a meeting. We'll take written submissions, which just means like you send an email and they send it straight to the trash. So yeah, my last point before I completely give the the talking stick to you, Tyler, is this: this is how far apart they are. If you add everything that the WGA is asking for, it amounts to $429 million per year. The AMPTP's current offer sits at $86 million annually, with 48% of that is for the minimum floor wage increase. That's how separate the two sides are right now. It's also worth noting, as has been reported by several places, the negotiation period before they went on strike was very short. Yes. And what that usually represents is that one side is just like, how about you go fuck yourself? Yeah, Yeah, that's literally it. Um, Which is like, you know, let's call a spade a spade in a strike like this. Both sides are going to play the PR game or try to. And... You know, both sides have a ton of incentives to try to make their position look as good as possible. Yeah, I've seen Twitter stuff already where people are like, I need my MCU. 
I don't, I can't believe that the writer's rooms are being so guilty because, you know, they're, they're just going in defense of the, the corporations. And I'm like, come on, man, even the actors are on side with this. They're like, we get paid yeah, lots. Play these people. We're nothing without these people on screen. Like that's well, that's some the actors know here. that. Let's say you know if if some of these AMPT AMPTP things go forward, things like writers' rooms. We already talked about this. The quality yeah. of a narrative is going to go down. The canon of a show can ultimately go down. And guess who's the front line of that? The actors. There's yep. that's not even just all. The other yeah, side sure. is. Like when you negotiate contracts, let's put on our our business hats. Well, I know exactly where you're going with this, but yes, go ahead. But, 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 but it's good for the audience too, right? Like, yeah, yeah. oh, for sure. You you go after the you go after the people who have the least negotiating clout first, right? And and it sucks, and I don't like it. But the WJ has a lot less clout than SAG, which is the yep. screen actor, right? Because if SAG goes on strike like you're in some trouble yeah because you lose everyone but if you can negotiate and get the wga the wag to uh to some of these things thou it sets precedence for future negotiations with the other unions yeah and it makes and you're right that's 100 part of it and it and it it's an opportunity for for corporations and business people to try to bunch of these arguments to see how they do and seeing people who are going to go on twitter and lick some boots yeah because people think boots taste real good apparently yep but <laughs> actors and, and these are not your chris pratt's but people who are more like your your up-and-comers and we didn't we don't this was this was mm. a piece that i that was shared without who it was because they were they wanted to remain anonymous this was reported in the mary sue but Actors with Netflix have said that recent contracts have included clauses of you sign away your voice print for mm-hmm. AI oh. to recreate your voice. Yep. So all of a sudden it's like, oh, actors, like we don't need you anymore. Yeah. And that's somewhere George Lucas is saying, it's my time to come back. I mean, then we all remember the scripts he wrote for seven, eight, and nine. We're like, no, no, get back in <laughs> the fucking dumpster. <laughs> So I want to, I want to, I have a big point I want to put up front about Let's the AI it. thing because I, because the AI thing as it is, I think it's, it's an important thing that's being debated, but we've done it a lot. Yeah. And so many people involved in the debate don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. And that is, and that is like, let's pretend Let's pretend AI can do everything they want it to. Let's pretend it's perfect. Let's pretend it's not just a way of breaking unions. It's not just a way of like, but let's pretend, let's pretend chat GPT five can do a SAG job. What comes next? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. We don't need accountants anymore. Don't yeah. need lawyers soon after. Don't but need even programmers. In entertainment. No, we're, li- we're living in Star Trek. But, but I'm but getting even there, in right? entertainment. I know podcasters who are scared shitless. Yeah. Well, you won't need podcasters. You won't need actors. Because you'll just be like, yeah, it'll just be. You'll just you'll just get like an actor's job will be. Oh, just go do a few different emotional things, and you're gonna run through a few different versions of like 
the lazy brown fox jumped over the sleeping dog yeah. or whatever. Ninety percent. Ninety percent of radio is already done via a computer. The only thing that is human might be a producer, might be the technical person, and might be the on air personality. That's yep. it. And yeah, but have you guys watched the uh, next week? Um, Mayhem, uh, Electric Mayhem comes out, the Muppet yep. thing. Yep. But there's a short little bit that's going around with all of the guys going into sound booths to yep. record a song. And the guy's just like, like Zoot shows up without a saxophone. He goes, Oh man, I forgot my sax. Thank you. We got it. And the guy makes his song and he, yep. animal, you got to do the drums. Hits a button, yep. drum sound. Perfect. We're done. The song's done. And he starts playing it back and they're like, Oh, this is absolutely positively, you know, but that's what we're getting at in, in support of, I guess what we're talking about is what, there's yeah. no creativity going on anymore what? and nobody has a job to do. No, no, no. I was going to say, like, I was going to let, like, I was going to say, let's say the creativity is still there somehow. Like, let's, let's just steal men. Let's make best case scenario. Okay. How do you not end up with like, okay, cool. We're going to have two classes of people. We're going to have owners. So we're going to have people like your Elon Musk who just owns a bunch of shit. And like the rest of us do the jobs that can't be automated. Because that's what it seems like we're moving towards. Yep. Right? Like, hey, Boris, Our how turn. much longer till sales just becomes like a series of forms? Yeah. Oh, we're, we're, we're close there. We're close there. Right? Trust like, me, two AI computers talking to each other yeah. and finding the mathematical best formula that benefits both sides. Boom. Yeah. Done. And again, like, oh my I God. Speaks of AI that it, it <laughs> I just had like work. the eureka moment of, oh my God, my job is like. I'm on a fucking counter. <laughs> no, we're all like, yeah. if, if AI is as good as these evangelists who don't know what the fuck they're talking about claim it is, like, your only options are a lot of us starve to death or we have to create communism. Yeah. It's like, those are your only two options. And that's like, well, I don't think Elon Musk likes communism <laughs> so we're all going to mars baby and starving to death the, i mean elon musk doesn't understand that mars doesn't have a magnetosphere let's talk about that for a while no but he's gonna but like, send joe rogan up there at a podcast <laughs> that's what i'm getting at right like it it it, it, it is it's this big problem that, again, it feels weird because it feels like we keep chipping away at parts of this big problem of, like, Joe Rogan will be fine because he has enough yeah. brand recognition that you won't listen to the Joe Rogan AI podcast. But if you want to weigh in, or if you're, like, a medium podcast, it's going to be increasingly, like, again, if AI can do this, yeah, what do you do? No, yeah, I know. I just go build Lego. <laughs> right, right? You won't afford it. You won't be able to afford yeah, it. I won't be able to afford it. You though. can barely afford it now. Yeah, it's true. And and no, again, okay. like, so and okay. we talked about it. Like so, AI can't do a bunch of this stuff. Like oh yeah, for sure. People have done tests of like, you know, write a script to this show, and it's just, it's trash. And yeah, it's garbage. A lot of people say AI like people who say oh. AI just looks at a bunch of art and thinks 
do not understand what current AI is. Nope. That's not how any of it works. There's and much that... scarier stuff. <laughs> well, it's like that. Like that AI misunderstands is. how brains work and how computers work. They're just yeah. probability clouds. Yep, exactly. If then. Yep. So, <laughs> yeah, we can honestly we we can go in circles with AI, and honestly, I want yeah, to get into the whole AI debate because for sure. Issue. So, yeah. well, I I think we're all gonna you know ultimately fall on the side of the. To me, the logical path is to hope that they get this resolved with the writers' rooms and get the writers' rooms back and get these yeah. people paid properly. Like what? I am so pro union on this, it's not even funny, right? Like, oh, I mean, I'm with you. Like, yeah, I know. Is shooting fish in a barrel. I know Tennessee Todd from Tennessee might not be. I don't know. Well, <laughs> anytime Todd from Tennessee, I'll talk to you about unions. Right. Like, hey, do you like your five day work week? Yeah, exactly. No, I, do you like I, I, not working at the age of eight? Uh, do you well, like not whoa, working a hundred? America's brought that back. So I know, fuck, yeah, sake. Um, so I don't know why I said um like that. So let us go back to talk about the actual. So, so we kind of laid everything out. Uh, you know, at this point, we can easily go around in circles and say, oh, this is gonna happen. No, that's gonna happen. So I'm just gonna ask straight up, not as straight up, but let's talk about some of the 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 the, the fallout that we're already seeing. Right, uh, shows are being canceled. We're already starting to see late night television. Not. Uh, there's no Conan O'Brien to make stuff up on the spot, so yeah, late night yeah, TV is ex- yeah. essentially shut down now. SNL, they're shut down, right? Yeah, and a bunch of them yeah. I've said is because they're on side. I yeah, Pete Davidson, to- I know, joined the picket lines yesterday yeah. on Sunday and I started handing out pizza and stuff. Yeah. I also was, I was gonna say, I yeah. also want to props. Yeah, and I want to give some important context. Um, a lot of people, your John Olivers, your Seth Myers, are doing something. They're buying pizza because some of them are still part of the guild and some of them aren't. And that's that's complicated. And I want to get into like individuals. Broadly speaking, a lot of the people in positions like that are supporting the strike mm-hmm. and are doing stuff. I also want to point out that the WGA is fundraising and has a separate fund to pay people like PAs like camera people who are being hurt by the strike. The WJ is like, the corporation is going to take care of you. We have a fund to try to make Mm. life easier for you. And I feel like that is an important thing that a lot of places aren't covering. Interesting. Of like the WJ is like, and that, and and I want to throw it out there. That's insane. Politically. They're politically optic wise. You have to think of it this way because the, the, like the, the studios at this point, they can easily say, you know what? Let's make this strike go far. Then everyone else is going to start infighting because the PAs aren't working, the camera people aren't working, lighting people aren't working, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, on productions, right? So, yeah. if we this strike goes two hundred days, a hundred plus days, let's just compare it to the last strike. They're going to start infighting, and we're going to they're going to go on our side, right? So whoa, 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 whoa. Have you been reading Das Kapital by Karl Marx? Because it sounds like you're getting really weirdly into class solidarity. No, but all, like... All I can you know say I mean. is I heard Disney no. Plus have restarted shooting Andor Season 2, which did well, not go over well for me. Wow. <laughs> but I mean, once the writing Disney is done. Disney being Disney, I guess the writing is done, but, you know, 
Oh, yeah. Stranger no, Things was... have shut down. Other shows have shut down. But yeah, um, it's just interesting to kind of see. So it's smart of the WGA to do that, right? Because 100%. they know the game that the studio is most likely to play, right? So oh, yeah, it's trying to get politically, in. optics, and I'm glad that you brought that up. Because that's a very important thing. It's uh, that was a, I, I did it, it like it took me like an hour into my research to find that little bit about that fun, and I forgot to write down the name. They have there are there are like five separate funds because there is like there is the and some of them have cute names which I don't I don't and this is me being a grumpy old man I don't love some of the cutesy names because there's like the WGA Pizza Fund. Which is like, it's the fun for buying meals for everyone affected by the strike. And I'm like, why do you have to call it the pizza fund? Like That makes you sound less serious. Mm-hmm. But that's a, that's a separate bit. But there, yeah, there's a few different funds they have. There are several you can donate to directly. And there are several that WGA is like, we cannot accept money via these certain avenues because of how union laws work in the states. Yeah. It's a yeah. mess. So, it's a mess. So, you know, I guess the only question that I can really ask is do you think that this strike is going to last shorter or longer than the 100 days of the last one? That's a good question. So, you're getting lawyered now, Boris. Well, <laughs> I also have like I have in my notes a strategy section. Of because that's the question, right? Is yeah. is you know to go into negotiations, the both sides have made it very clear of the gap is too wide for the current pressure each is facing. Mm-hmm. So both are like, we think we can outlast you until your pressure gets too rough. So on one side, you have corporations who they think they have enough content in the can that they can outlast them. And the other side is, we don't think you do. Yeah. You're right. Like Andor started filming, which, you know, the writing might be mostly done on that. That's fine. Um, Ted Lasso's, I think Ted Lasso's like in post post production. Like I think it's like in post. Yeah, it's like the last episodes need just a little bit of spit and polish, right? The writers don't care. And the writers aren't fighting that, right? The writers are like, yeah, you got to put that out. That's, we're not pushing back on that. That's the deal. Mm -hmm. But I was looking into it and it was very much of like, you have Ted Lasso, which is, this is the last season. And viewership is falling. You have Barry, which this is the last season and viewership is falling. Succession, last season. Hmm? Succession, Succession. yeah, last season, and that's in the can. Yep, and viewership is. Not, but I was also going like that one. Viewership's not falling. Not falling. Marvel has a few things coming out, and like sorry, Marvel, uh, Disney. All of them have other issues they're dealing with, right? Like you're looking at yeah. Loki too, and you're like, you have so many other issues they're dealing with. Some would say they have a major issue. Issue, yeah. <laughs> Chef's kiss, perfection. Later, guys. We're done. Wrap it. We're done. One day, I, I I say this every time I have a really bad joke near the end of our episode. I'm just gonna like Sopranos it, and this is gonna go pitch, pitch dark. That's it. Thank you for watching. So I'm here till Thursday. Have the roast. Yeah. So 
like that that's all important stuff, right? Um I I think it's too early to tell, right? And I think part of it yeah. is like in the last one, what was it? Conan and Daily Show kept going. And Conan mm. kept going because he had a weird contractual obligation. Yep. Daily Show kept going, and no one really knew at the time why. And I, if I recall correctly, it came out later that it was if they stopped, John Oliver got deported. Ooh. If I remember correctly, and like that, and they like they talked to the rest of the writers and kind of like cut a side deal with the writers of like we're gonna keep production going with just John and John, like John Stewart and John Oliver to make sure John Oliver doesn't get deported because like, I think he was like engaged at that point. If I'm, like, my, my, my memory's not great, but it was, yeah. it was a weird situation. And John Stewart, the entire time was pro writer's guilt. He was like, yeah. you know, I can't talk about this because that requires nuance and grace. I can't do with the writing staff. Yeah. Um, I have two more subtopics I'd like to hit. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Let's hit them. Um, number one is I want to talk about like the high level finances of it. Yes. Look, you've talked about a little bit of like, what was it? Like the CEO of Warner Brothers Discovery made $250 million, which is like, that's enough to cover most of what they're asking for. Yeah. Um, another person pointed out that if, what was it? It was Rahm Emanuel and one other producer took pay cuts down to a mere $63 million a year each. How oh. are they going to be feeding themselves? That would, that would also in their cover tires. it. Like, right, like that would also cover it. So we are seeing that there's this larger issue of, and I think this is part of it, is these executives, and we're seeing it in several industries, are making insane take-homes. Mm-hmm. They're 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 getting their golden parachute while they're working. Exactly right. Um, I've seen a couple places report that all of this, the context we aren't talking about, is writers. When you look at all of Hollywood, writers are about three percent of yeah. total finances on a project. Yep. So, like, you have the big companies are fighting them on like half half to one percent of the budget wow mm-hmm. all this over it's ridiculous that. when you really Drop honestly sit down and think about it and i think that's the important part is like what are the studios really fighting for here and i that's what i want that was the other issue i want to talk about is part one is they need to send a message right they cannot from their point of view if they cave on this all of a sudden, your camera people and your your CGI people are going to get on strike. And we already know and we've heard the reports from VFX being like, yeah, part of the reason She-Hulk gets jank is they had no time and they had no money yeah. to do VFX. Yep. And, you know, Marvel's getting notorious for that, much less mm-hmm. Disney as a whole. Like, I would argue that's one of the biggest problems with Mandalorian is what I'm guessing were downstream of there was no money for VFX and CGI. Yeah. And you've got the volume effect, too, right? Like, there's a big yeah. backlash 
over overuse and restrictions on that that affect the the show. You said it. Yeah. So I want to. I that, that leads to the other part of what I want to talk about is like why should our audience care about it, and why Ooh, I think that's... our audience should be on the writer's side. Hmm. So there's I have two big two big tents. So number one is why you should care at a high level and why you should care for your next summer movies. We talked a little bit about it just in terms of the pure entertainment value, why you should care about it. You know, people like a coherent story. People like the MCU. People are demanding. We are, as consumers, as viewers, we're we're demanding a lot from a series now. And this is not possible without writers. There's that. That's part of it. Another part of it is part of the purpose of the WGA's advocacy for this thing is making sure there's entry level jobs. Yes. So mm. we talk about this a lot of we are seeing and a lot of creative industries, especially entry level jobs are disappearing. There's like it's increasingly hard to get like a job that you're like, I'm just starting to be a writer or I'm just starting to be an artist or I'm just starting to be a sound designer or whatever. And I can pay rent. And part of the effect of the AMTP, AMTPP, whatever it is, position is those positions don't exist. And part of that is to make sure that they keep stricter control. So you're going to end up in a position where, remember that thing we had a few months ago where everyone was bitching about Nepo babies? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If there's no entry-level jobs that pay well, the only people who get jobs are Nepo babies. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you will not get another Taika Waititi. You will not get another... I mean, you'll not get another... Dude, Russo you brothers. won't get Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Right? No yep. Russo brothers, because they were junior writers on Community. Mm-hmm. And that's on purpose. Cor- part of what this is, is corporations looking forward of... You know, it's a really good position to be in is making people pay for their own training on YouTube, on Instagram, on TikTok. And then you can show up when they're mid tier and you can be like, hey, I'm buying you out and you can buy their IP for their comic or their YouTube series or whatever. And instead of it being, you know, your Ted Lasso, which they basically were able to buy a weird bit, they can buy a YouTube series for a fraction of the price. We've seen this. We've seen some YouTube people do the crossover, right? And exactly, right? But they want to make it even easier for them to just say, and we don't want to pay as much. Yeah. Yeah. And in turn, what this means is you're not going to see as interesting and creative work. Because you're not, right? Cause, cause no, you're not. It's harder and harder for people to make a kind of good living doing this yep. work. And I want to, I wanna, before I get into my other big topic for this, I want to draw a comparison to us of like, we aren't like, uh, this, this job, for lack of a better term, like, it's not just us being on camera, right? Like, we all put prep in. Yep. Oh, yeah. And and we all do our research stuff. And like, how do you like? We don't get paid based upon like our total hours. Like it's not salary. It, it, if and when we get paid, it's an output based pay. 
And that's yep. a lot of my creative work is it's based on your output. It's not based upon the time it takes. Yep. Which the result is sometimes that means I make sloppier work because I can't not. And I don't like it. But if you've ever watched a TV show and you're like, this makes no goddamn sense. It's because they didn't have the time or the money to fix it. Right. Exactly. They need to get paid. Need Needed to get it done. Yeah. I, I, you know, if if you want me to write a book or a story, and I did this once editing, as I pointed out, because I was lucky. I was I had an editing gig. and I knew a lot about horses because I grew up on a horse farm. And I was like, this entire book does not understand how horses work. And they got me for a steal because they got lucky I knew that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but and, and people are like, if you don't care about horses, you're gonna be like, I don't give a shit. But think about that in every topic, right? Like if you watch the thing, and you're like, why does the computer? Why does the hacking make no goddamn sense? That's going to get worse, not better. Yep. The other side of it that I want to touch on is is people like bitching about like writers aren't creative anyways. That's not writer's fault right now. That's not writer's fault no. right now. God, no. Like, I'm the first. I think we've all bitched a little bit. Different amounts about Star Wars being... Yeah. I mean, if I may, it's not living up to the potential. Correct. Like, I think we'd all agree on that. Yep. That's, like, you know, that's not because the writing staff is lazy. Yeah. <clears throat> Like they're no. doing their best. There are rules from on high. And I would argue probably yep. a lot of it is rules of things they can't do. Yep. It comes from the boardroom. Yeah. And I think that much is clear. And again, I've seen and that's in the MCU. A lot of other places, right? hundred so, yeah. percent. Like yep. These are all committee decisions that go to these targets that they set. And they don't necessarily jive with what the creatives want. Like that's the big scuttlebutt rumor about Star Wars right now. Well, and, and John wanted to do things a certain way, and the the executive suite said, "No, you need to fix this Grogu situation yeah. because Grogu sells dolls." Yep. Like, you know that that has to get fixed. You can't spend a season of Mando him just taking care of Mandalore in his Mandalorian roots. You need to get Grogu in there. I, yeah, exactly. That's a great way of putting it. And and taken from Tom Vaughn, who's a Hollywood writer, talking about this, it's become a marketing issue because it's easier to market awareness than to pitch a new idea. Yes, right? exactly. It's, it it is like if you're if you're a marketing person, and I've had to do marketing, it's so much easier to be like, hey. Remember that thing you love? I have more. That's so much easier than like, okay, look, this is going to be this weird fucking movie. It's going to be a weird movie. I cannot tell you a lot about it because anything I tell you threatens to ruin it. But it's about a guy <laughs> who's going to self-help groups and then meets someone who suggests violence might be the option. Exactly, right? Yeah, but like you can't get a Fight Club anymore. Yeah, no more Chuck. So here's 
Oh, I did it again. Why am I? What? What's wrong? There's like a million things going through my mind today, um, and and I keep forgetting what I wanted to ask. And it was a really good question about. Oh yeah. So we've complained. Not we haven't complained. So you know, in terms of quality, in terms of kind of to your point, Tyler. Here's the dystopian society of entertainment that scares me. Mm-hmm. And that's we've all seen cable news network and the lack of reporting and the lack of integrity and the lack of a lot of stuff and you know whatever because of 24 hour cable news right because of streaming services because of stuff like that because content is king i'm i fear that the future of the quality of what we watch is going to be the equivalent of a tucker carlson or a don lemon or whatever because the effect of so much content needing to be out there with less people actually being able to write this stuff, if at all, right? Like, I'm just seeing that we're going to go into, remember in the 90s, right before reality TV made it huge because it was actually watchable. Well, and part of the reason reality TV got a second life was the writer's strike. The writer's strike, yeah. Because it's dirt cheap, you don't pay writers as much. You have to pay, well... You still pay writers because you have to pay non-union writers to do some stuff. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Which WWE? Let's just remember WWE right now has a show going on live with a writers' room, but they're all non-union, so that's that. Oh, what a surprise! Um, right, <laughs> WWE doing something mean, doing something bad. Nah, remember they're all independent never. contractors. Well, and that's, that's what all this is, right? This is increasingly like we want to make you all independent contractors. Yeah. That's we want to pay you the bare minimum. Uh, how does this end? I mean, if we let this keep going, you're going to end up with a more extreme version of what we already have. Yes. Right? Like, I just Which is saw... the dystopian society of entertainment that I kind of described. 100%. Yep. Like I was, was going to say, you'd have, you'll have moments. You'll have these individual moments that bubble up. Because mm-hmm. you'll get you'll get the rare bit of outsider art that will break through. You'll get someone who'll have something brilliant on YouTube or a stand-up comedy bit, and they'll break through. But based on everything I've read, we're past the peak of new people getting it. Is it possible, though? Here's here's a here's the last little wrench that I'm going to throw in this before we wrap up the episode. And okay. it's is it humanly possible for YouTube and people like us getting more attention because you know regular TV is that shit at that point, right? Where you're getting self-made shows over YouTube and whatever other places are right you're getting more pod video podcasts you're getting more right streaming i'm gonna throw right back at you what's the difference that's exactly it right like yeah. apple owns a chunk of podcasts yeah yeah spotify still isn't making money so like no, they're, they're looking for someone to buy them amazon certainly like the end goal of a bunch of these companies are we're gonna have tv and podcasts and like your your YouTube, for lack of a better term, of just like you know, 
then YouTube adds more ads and then it gets worse. Yeah. You end and 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 the other part of it is YouTube is more insidious in how their thumbs are on the scale. Yep. And anytime you have a gatekeeper, you're gonna have someone's thumbs on the scale. And I'm not pretending that's not the case, but like you know, back in the 90s, when all of us in Canada watched Teletoon, we knew whose thumb was on the scale. Right? Yeah. And the difference was we could turn down two channels and we were on TBS who's owned by someone else. Yeah. All of YouTube is owned by the same company. Yep. And how often are people who aren't me going to Nebula? Agreed. Yeah. So, because obviously we don't know how long things are going to take, we don't know where this is going to lead us. I think the only conclusion that we can really put forth here is number one, I hope the Writers Guild of America gets what they're asking for. And number two, this doesn't take too long. I, I would bet this is a minimum 70 days. Yeah, fair. I would not be surprised if we hit over 100, but I would bet minimum 70. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I would just, you know, for us to do our prediction bit, because the audience is going to want something to call us out on. Yeah, yeah that's exactly <laughs> it. Or be like, look right on, like, right? Like, I'm betting 70 days minimum. I'm, um, go for it. I'm getting, I'm, I'm thinking at least because... The last writer's strike happened right in the middle of the season. This is happening right at the end of the season. So pressure is going to amount, you know, come late July when scripts for season premiere season starts. And quite a few big cash cows are on the line. Exactly. Stranger Things is on the line. Mm hmm. Um, what that, that, the new Game of Thrones, House of Dragons, is on the line. Yep. Um, there's a couple of big movies that, like, uh, Blade is being delayed because of this. Deadpool 3. Yeah. Um, right? Like, there's a few big things right now that are on the line. Yeah, and that's what I was explaining to my friend about this, this strike, too. Because I'm like, if you tell me <clears throat> that you've got Hugh Jackman all jacked up, ready to reprise Wolverine... And then you're saying, okay, well, we've lost our window on yep. that. And now the chances of getting Ryan and Hugh Jackman in the same window again might be two and a half years from now. Yep. You don't know what that yep. schedule is like. And that means that that project is dead, essentially. It's going to have to go and retool and be. Or it's going to be something really else. funky like they're never. They're never across yeah. from each other. Exactly. That's oh, and 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 yeah. I wonder who the, the heroes of this writer strike is going to be. So, with that said, Phil, let hey. us tell our listeners how they can get a hold of us. You can track us down on www.itscanonpodcast.com, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at itscanonpodcast. Email at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can basically find us anywhere where you find podcasts. And as well, patreon.com slash SNME radio 
We are friends with them, so make sure to go and give them some of your hard-earned money if you love wrestling and everything else that they produce. And if you like what you've heard, please leave a like, um, like, like this video, and uh, check us out on YouTube at It's Canon Podcast, and uh, turn on your bells and notifications for when we drop these episodes. Thanks for that, Phil. And thank you to the listeners and viewers for watching, for listening, for however you interact with us. It means a lot to us. And you've been listening, watching the It's Canon podcast, the show where we chat about anything and everything. And the best part of it all is that it's all in canon. He's Phil. He's Tyler. I'm Boris. Until next time, goodbye.